let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very important. Future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Anuja Vaidya, Senior Editor and Special Events Lead at mHealth Intelligence. The use of virtual reality technologies in healthcare is growing at a very fast rate, with researchers examining its potential across numerous use cases. While VR can offer exciting benefits to enhance patient care, there are hurdles to its implementation and use. Today, Dr. Henry Zhang, Director of the Center for Pediatric Trauma Research at Nationwide Children's Hospital and Professor of Medicine at The Ohio State University College of Medicine, will discuss how VR is currently being used in healthcare, the research into the technology, as well as the advantages it provides and the challenges to adoption. Henry, thank you for speaking with Healthcare Strategies today. Hello, Jess. Thank you so much for having me on. Fantastic. So let's start by level setting a little bit. First, I want to just discuss healthcare, VR um, as a whole and what the landscape looks like today. So Henry, could you provide an introduction to how VR came to be used in healthcare settings and how it has evolved? I don't know the exact date when people start using VR, but I read articles about VR application in medical field by Dr. Hunter Hoffman starting in 1990s. For example, he started the Slow World for pain management in 1997. And since then, many researchers have started the research in the area of evaluating virtual reality for all kinds of applications in the medical field. Now, as the new technologies, I can say this is still evolving, and we are very excited about the new possibilities. Absolutely, absolutely. And as we've seen there, there can be numerous use cases for this technology that can really help boost patient care, patient experience, and provider workflows as well. So Henry, your organization is implementing and assessing VR healthcare technologies in various ways. And I'd love to hear more about your efforts in this area. So I first was introduced to your work in VR through a very interesting study that you led recently examining the use of VR in alleviating pain resulting from dressing changes for burn injuries. So could you describe the study and what you found? Yeah, we have several uh, studies in this area. So our VR is called VR Pain and Aviation Therapeutics. We have finished a study among outpatient pediatric burn patient and also a pilot study for at-home self-pain management among children. We also recently published a study about our pilot study among adult burn populations. So all of those studies provide very exciting and promising results which suggest the virtual reality can significantly reduce the pain among those burn patients. So we are allowing a processing to do a large-scale studies among pediatric burn patients for at-home change. This is a multi-site study with another medical centers in Texas. So our hypothesis is VR pain alleviation intervention will significantly reduce the pain during the brain dressing changes. Mm-hmm. And are you 
researching or studying the use of VR in any other clinical specialties outside of pain management or is right now the focus on pain? And if the focus is on pain, why did you start there? Yes, we have other researchers at our nationwide children's hospital, also at OSUs, are conducting research to evaluate virtual reality for all kinds of medical conditions. Some of them may be related to educations. For example, my team focuses on acute pain management using pain elevation interventions, but there are other researchers that are looking at post-operational pain management, VR simulation for educating people about their upcoming heart surgeries and other stuff. Also, educating professionals for other kind of behavior training and all kinds of those stuff. Like I said, this is a very exciting field and researchers in this field are trying to collaborating with each other, but different people may have different priorities. Right. What does VR offer in terms of benefits? Why is this technology being evaluated for clinical care? What are some of the the biggest advantages linked to its use? Yeah, based on my experience, I can say VR is very beneficial. I think in two areas. One is improve patient experience and also help them to have a best outcome from their medical treatment. We can say from our observations, when those people receive VR treatment, particularly the pediatric patient, they are so excited about VR and they are having wonderful experience. And we feel so happy when they feel happy and to help them go through all of the painful procedures and then use this innovative technology to help them reduce their pain. Absolutely, absolutely. And what are some of the ways in which VR can improve patient care or patient experience that maybe other digital health technologies aren't quite able to do? I guess what sets VR apart from other digital health technologies that are being used to enhance patient care currently? Yeah, digital health technologies and the application of digital health technologies have already all well revolutionized medical practice in the next 10 years. Digital health technologies include a wide spectrum of all technologies. But if we want to compare VR pain and aviation therapies with other currently used pen non-pharmaceutical interventions, we are definitely provide tremendous benefits. We are is fun, we are is engaging and also is very active to pediatric patients. If we compare these distractions currently used by child knife specialists, the nurses or physicians during their practice, now they may use iPhones, they may use iPad games, they may use music, but if we compare virtual reality with those currently use the distraction tools, we are definitely more attractive, more fun to children, to some of the adult populations, because we are create an immersive environment that children can be immersed in the VR environment and to have fun whether the nurses and child knife specialists or uh, physicians are doing other things. I view that as a pain elevation therapeutics. But however, also VR can be used for other purposes. For example, as 
psychologists can use VR to expose people to the spider situation to reduce their spider phobia, right? And also, my team and my former postdocs developed virtual reality for traumatic brain injury rehabilitations. That's another exciting area because currently a lot of this TBI, we call it traumatic brain injury rehabilitation, use paper and pencil, or maybe use other traditional ways. But there's a big potential if we can sort of convert all this biobehavior intervention into this virtual reality actions, people were likely to follow the treatment and then have a better outcome than those traditional ones. But like I said, this is a potential area because not large clinical trial has been done uh, in the area of use virtual reality for traumatic brain injury rehabilitations. Right, right. So the potential is definitely vast, but there needs to be more research in the area. I do want to go back to you know what you mentioned about we are kind of providing that non-pharmacologic pain relief approach for patients. So I'm just wondering, do you think that this has the potential to help address maybe some of the challenges around the opioid crisis? A lot of that crisis arises from needing to use those medications for pain management. And so do you think VR is another tool maybe in the toolbox as we work to address the opioid crisis? You have a very good point here because U.S. very unique and the U.S. is facing a opioid crisis. And physicians, families, and patients, they all realize now our current treatment over rely on the opioid pain medications. But scientific studies have shown that when seeing long-term opioid use has a risk of long-term use, and then eventually some of them were developed addictions from that opioid use. So that's why a lot of people actually are trying to say use the non-pharmaceutical interventions as a adjunctive, I say I want to em emphasize here, adjunctive pain management interventions, which means we were offered the nurses, child knife specialists, and physicians a toolbox they can use the intervention with the hope actually to reduce the opioid use, but not necessarily totally reduce the opioid use for the acute pain management. But there's another exciting area. Virtual reality was found actually also effective for managing chronic pains such as lower back pains and also some research hypothesis, virtual reality will also be very effective for helping children match chronic pains. So as you can see, there are so many children actually, they are suffering chronic pains from many underlying chronic conditions. We hope to help them to reduce their pain and then eventually probably reduce the opioid pain medication use. Absolutely, absolutely. That's definitely a, an exciting new frontier in a long-standing battle with the opioid crisis. But I want to kind of flip the script a little bit now. We've talked quite a bit about the many ways in which VR could really help enhance patient care, enhance patient experience. 
really kind of transform pain management and help support numerous use cases. But I want to talk a little bit about the challenges now. So I thought we could discuss both the patient and provider challenges to adoption. So let's start from the patient side. Have you seen any barriers to adoption on the patient side when it comes to VR or anything you could imagine being a barrier the way healthcare is set up today? Yeah. A medical care field is a very special field and is heavily regulated. So you can see the current barriers I can see include the following. The first one is, although VR field has been developing and evolving in the last 20 to 30 years, but however, there still a lack of large-scale clinical trial to generate evidence that those physicians and nurses say, okay, this is a rigorous science and show this, and then we can actually apply or use the virtual reality in our clinical practice. Second factor is, generally speaking, there is a very slow adoption of new technologies, innovative technology into clinical practice. There are research actually showing that it took 17 years on average, 17 years for all of those established innovative technology to be adapted by the clinical practice. That's a long term. The third one is there's a lack of large-scale implementation and the dissemination studies. We have developed this virtual reality at one medical centers, but where this work at other children's hospital, or where this work at community hospital, or where this work at adult hospital where treat patient. So there are a lot of unanswered questions. Those questions need to be addressed using implementation and dissemination studies. Last factors, I think you were talking about this is currently reimbursement by the insurance companies is a barrier. We are excited to say there is a one billing code established for reimbursing virtually and for chronic pain management. But we would like to uh, say more billing code created for managing all kinds of VR applications. VR application is not very expensive given the new portable VR and all of other stuff. I think comparing to other medical treatment, VR application, if it's effective, really improve the patient outcome and reduce the length of stay, reduce the medical use. I think insurance companies should reimburse the hospitals and the physicians who will use it. In light of these challenges, I'm curious, are you at Nation by Children's, are you using any of these technologies in patient care or are they more in the research phase right now? I'm very excited about this. I can give you some background information. I used to be an injury epidemiologist. Injury epidemiologist trying to identify injury patterns and violence injury patterns and give people evidence about how do we develop interventions to prevent those injuries from happening. I made a paradigm shift about 10 to 15 years ago, say I'd like to work together with nurses and physicians to develop effective clinical interventions. After we publish our studies, I'm so excited. Actually, so many 
clinical divisions reach out to us to say, hey, I saw your publications, I saw your presentations, can you help us implement this study at our clinic? Not only at our hospitals, but also at other hospitals. I have an example, uh, one nurse, PhD candidate from Texas reached out to me and to say, hey, Dr. Xiang, can I use your uh, smartphone VR to do my dissertations? And then I got a permission from our hospital. And then we said, yes, here is a code for you to scan. And then she did that and she finished her PhD dissertation and then her clinic is uh, now implementing plans to why to actually integrate that into their practice. So at our hospital and at other hospitals, you can say, I'm so grateful they saw the benefit, they reached out to us. So this is the other ways. When I was an injury epidemiologist, I need to go out and uh, pursue other people to adapt. A lot of them are not very interested to say, Oh, you have a very nice injury epidemiology studies, but this is not very relevant uh, for us to implement here to see the immediate results, right? So, but now you can see people are very excited. Fantastic. So it sounds like while there is a lot that needs to be done to prove out these technologies to ensure that they do work on a large scale, it is slowly being integrated into patient care settings and healthcare settings, which is very exciting. Fantastic. Uh, Henry, with that, we'll close out our conversation today. This has been a truly fascinating conversation. I'm excited to continue following the trajectory of healthcare VR technologies going forward. So I'd like to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your thoughts on this very innovative and interesting technology. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, feel free to reach out to share your thoughts on this topic. My email address is avedya at techtarget.com. That's A-V-A-I-D-Y-A at techtarget.com. You can also use that email address to share any healthcare-related questions or stories that you would like us to consider covering. Also, if you enjoyed today's conversation, please do let us know. You can rate us and write a review on whichever platform you use to listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This is a Tech Target production.